Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast as we continue our series, More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. We are talking today about how to add meaning to the mundane and parent beyond ordinary in three attainable steps. When you think about being a mom, it can sound really boring, not really anything you might aspire to become, unfortunately, in today's society. Many of the jobs are sort of repetitive. Let me tell you, and they're thankless and downright gross. How do we find or add meaning to what appears or may feel mundane and parent in an extraordinary fashion? That's what we're talking about today. Let's take a look at this concept of mundane in three different contexts. If you were to look up the meaning of mundane, you will find it is used in various contexts. It was actually a perfect word for what we can settle into during the parenting process. You and I want to choose differently and we do not want to settle. This first context is mundane as just letting things happen. Mom life as boring. Well, yes, if you and I just let life happen around us, the dreary day in and day out, things can just become boring and mundane. Instead, allow me to suggest the first step towards parenting beyond ordinary. I'm calling this Welcome the Tooth Fairy. There's so much that goes on in those parenting early years especially that is imaginative. Just have fun. That's really what I'm talking about. Kids are invigorating, always wanting to do something. I'm calling you and calling myself to embrace it. Maybe you like to play games. Maybe you like to dress up or make forts in the backyard or build stuff or garden. I don't know. What I do know is that we tend to remember experiences and events. Remember when we, or something like, remember the time so-and-so, and then we we remember experiences and events. If you and I wait around for them to happen, life might get boring really quickly. So my suggestion is to create your own. <laughs> Don't wait on the calendar. Make some up. Have fun. Don't try to race through this part of your life on the way to the rest of your life. That is such a temptation. I know you haven't been to the bathroom without someone sounding the mom alarm, trying the door or showing up unannounced for a really long time. I absolutely get it. I was sounded for and hunted down today. And mine are preteens. What is the emergency? I don't know. A mom can't have a dadgum private moment. I totally get this. I really do. How can you do this? One way is to embrace the monotony and turn it into something exciting. My first two had special dolls or stuffed animals. The question arose, I wonder what said stuffed animal's birthday is. Not exactly a question you can answer, right? And then the other one chimed in. When's my birthday? You know, that kind of thing. Well, I knew I had hours and hours and hours of playtime on my hands and nothing really 
planned. <laughs> so I also remembered I had a six-month-old unused box of Pillsbury Christmas cupcake mix, complete with sprinkles in the pantry I was probably going to have to throw out very soon. There was only one thing to do. We decided we had no idea when the birthday was, but clearly it had been too long since they had a birthday party. So we sat down, we made invitations, we invited the neighbor girls who were just hanging out also, and prepared the Christmas cupcakes. We had a birthday party for the baby doll and the stuffed animal, and the friends came, and the friends brought presents. We even had a pinata in the backyard, which was really nothing more than a used gift bag that I found, and I stuffed it full of stuff I already had around the house. It was a lazy afternoon. We could have watched cartoons away, but they've never forgotten that birthday party for Bailey the dog and Purple Baby. Make memories with your kids, that's the point. Maybe this is not your style and nothing you would ever want to do. Fine, do something that makes their days more than TV and ball practice. I want them to leave my house and cry their eyes out that they are having to go for all sorts of reasons. And this is one of them. I want them to have had fun. The other thing we do is we try to make the most of different experiences even if they're just normal experiences. Each year at spring break, we pick a theme. And when I say we, I sort of mean me. About three years ago, we were really not doing anything exciting, just gonna go visit family. Our theme was not original, but the littles thought it was fun. And the theme was something like, ooh, that's really big. <laughs> I did what lots of other people have done. I Googled it and I made a list of all the big stuff in between where we were and where we were going. like. A giant rocking chair or a big pop bottle or a big milk bottle or a big cross or a statue of something very very large and outrageous things like that or whatever was coming our way so we would stop and make a big fuss over it take a picture and we did all the corny tourist stuff that was available at the time what was especially telling is that even recently I was talking to my dad and he said, remember that time? Because they actually did some of the big escapades with us. We went all over and looked at the big stuff well. And then he told me something that related to it. It made an impact on the people who were involved in it. In a few weeks, we will have something called Cupcake Wars at our house. It's sort of like what you see on TV, complete with outside judges I have already begun to confirm. It's just crazy fun, memory-making events that makes our family unique and special. It's this kind of activity and these types of efforts that leave mundane behind. I think I've mentioned some of these types of things before. We do several events like Blackout, which will be in August, actually the weekend before school begins, always. We always hold a backwards day. In August, we will add a new one this year I'm calling Nostalgia Night, where we're gonna do something I used to do with my family growing up. You see, I am a super serious person at heart, and I'm locked up in a room by myself, writing, thinking, creating, studying most of my free time. And I love my calling outside of mom life but it is a focused, driven, serious calling, and I need to have fun. I must laugh. To create some quality experiences with my tribe allows me to thrive rather than just wilt on the inside. So this may not be something you would wanna do. I'm calling you to do something. 
Do something that draws you out of mundane and into some fun. And honestly, the kids love it when mom dresses up or joins in whatever fun you're going to have. They just love it. I was getting two of my girls ready for camp last week to go with the church, and they needed to deck themselves out in a certain color for whatever the church is going to do for rec time, and they were going to have to be conspicuous. Well, I was all over that. But because in daily life, I am so serious, and we have just spent the last year dealing with all of the after effects of the hurricane, and the year before, with me handling all the family stuff, and the kids, and moving without my spouse being around, not to mention the other organized nature I must maintain at all times to keep a missional focus and to keep eight kids on track. I guess I let the spirited side sort of get buried because when I started staying up late, going through boxes, pulling out all the stops, dragging them to five below and throwing crowns and blinking bees and socks at them, it sort of caught them off guard. The youngest who has never experienced the camp prep with me said in surprise, you are so excited, mom. This is fun. So it matters for them to see you do some fun things with them and to be involved in that sort of context. The next context is mundane as ordinary. Mom life as the status quo in society around us. The second step towards parenting beyond ordinary involves literally leaving ordinary on the bench. Extraordinary parents share certain qualities or similarities that fits right here. And the one I wanna look at today is making non-negotiables non-negotiable. If you present the situation as non-negotiable to the child, then it needs to remain a non-negotiable. They may not think you are cool at the time, but what we know is that those young adults come back and say that was a significant part of their life and those boundaries made a difference. At the end of this summer, I will have six teenage daughters for a few days. Six. And I recently heard one of the older ones counseling one of the younger ones on the issue. And she said something like this, I know you don't appreciate it now. I know you think mom is unreasonable and the rules are too harsh and stupid, but in three or four years, you will get it. <laughs> mom is still mom and also like a friend. And they were sort of having this conversation. But part of this transformation occurs when you are a reliable source. You say what you mean and you mean what you say. Confrontation is confrontational, but you need to cowgirl up and do it. They won't like it and you won't like it. It's not any fun. If the boundaries are set up for their good, then follow through with it. You and I have got to do this and we've got to stick together on this and we cannot back down. For instance, we see this type of thing a lot with our older kids. But the same principles apply with our younger ones and their friends and their parents. In our state, this issue has come up a lot uh, recently at our house. The law limits a driver under the age of 18 to driving one friend in the car along with siblings. You cannot have a driver under the age of 18 drive a car of teenagers he or she is not related to down to Sonic or home from practice or to the football game or over to a party of any sort, anything like that, period. Yet, it happens every day, all the time, without parents batting an eye. You see a whole car full of teenagers driving out of the school parking lot, squealing their wheels, doing whatever they want to, and getting rides from each other to house to house. It happens all the time, and no one bats an eye. It's not a big deal until it becomes a big deal. 
We have explained the law to our kids and the likely ramifications if they were to be the driver of the vehicle violating the law. And we have also expressed the responsibility to be had for putting someone else in jeopardy by being a passenger and a participant in breaking the law. And that we don't want to be a hindrance or a stumbling block for the gospel for anyone. Even on something that seems frivolous or lame, as not letting them ride a Sonic or to go with the gang of friends after school, this example alone is costly. It makes me, as the parent, look like a heel and unreasonable. It makes my teens look like they have no spirit and that they miss out on a lot of fun. Or does it teach them that we're looking out for them and not only for them, but for their friends, their reputation, their witness, and for the good of those we don't even know in order to help them see and sense the gospel. It's situations like this that call us to make non-negotiables non-negotiable. If I make exceptions for one of mine, some of the time, then I will run into problems with the others. Then I will have trouble on other fronts as well. It begins a never-ending cycle that spills and seeps into all sorts of areas. Let us not make the mundane status quo impact how we live these years. We must choose to live differently and leave ordinary behind. What we see and modeled for us on TV, what we see modeled for us and lived out around us is not adequate parenting. It's just the status quo. And we cannot look at those standards as what we are going to live by. That's not the standard that we're shooting for. Then we want to live beyond that. The third aspect of mundane we need to think strongly about has to do with mundane as temporal or worldly or secular. You and I will do ourselves well during this season to pay attention to the noise. There are a lot of things that happen in our families, things that may just sound like dribble, especially during the middle school years. We can pay attention to the noise in two particular and distinct ways. The first is to build the relationship in the middle of the noise. We have decided and sort of learned with experience if we want our daughters and our sons for that matter to talk to us when they are 16, 17, 18 and tell me everything and tell my husband everything, then we need to listen to all of that lunchroom garbly goop when they are 11, 12, and 13. And they need to know that I'm listening and that I really do want to be involved in it even when it's just dribble. I mean, it's just dribble that it really does make a difference. You need to pay attention to the things and the events and the stories and the happenings that sound like noise when it's really not. They are building relationship with you, the one who is entrusted to them, to love them, to take care of them, to respond to them appropriately, that they are learning to trust you in all things, that you care about what they say and what they're doing and the relationships that they're building. It takes time and time and time and more endless dribble to do this, but it's very, very important to do that during those years where it feels like it's just nothing if you wanna have that relationship later on. It just makes all the difference in the world. The second way we do this is we build the worldview. Noise can sometimes come from the outside and you wanna be poised to help field it with your kids in relationship. And I do the same thing. I'm in the middle of this 
right now. This too develops over time in many conversations and many teachable moments. For instance, there is this, right now, there is this new movie out, Pixar movie out right now. I think it's a Pixar movie. I took all my kids to see it. But before the main feature began, there was this little short film that they sometimes do. I honestly was sort of confused about what it was. By the time I got home, I was sort of upset about it. Believe me, it came up in conversation. You and I are constantly faced with situations in which we must point out what the culture is selling, not only in terms of goods and services that are not appropriate for the Christian, but also in terms of attitudes and worldview. We cannot just be silent consumers. They won't just pick up what they should take and leave what they should leave on the table. In fact, we are at such a crisis with one of our kids who is putting it all together, not an appropriate way, that we're about to make some decisions until they have a maturity and understand what the worldview is from a biblical standpoint, and they're able to do that on their own. That's our job. That's our job. And if you haven't read anything about a worldview, and when I say that, what I mean is you are looking at things from a biblical perspective, and then from that, you are able to make decisions about your world and about your life that come from biblical standpoints, and that's how you view your world. Research shows us that by 12, that worldview is set. So you've got to do your work very early on. It really does matter what you're doing on these, and you've got to be ready to confront it. When you think about parenting, it, it does seem a little monotonous, doesn't it? It does seem a little mundane. But we want to think about these three areas and how we can parent beyond ordinary. You really can take steps to do it differently and you can be an extraordinary parent during these years. And so I want to encourage you to think about how you're doing this, to have some fun, to make your non-negotiables non-negotiable and to pay attention to the noise and really get in there with your kids as you go. I hope you're having a great summer. I'm actually doing this on the road with my family in different places. So I'm having a great time doing this. So I hope you're having a great summer. And I look forward to being with you next time on the She Yearns Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing your resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.